And when I was in um, Colombia, I was there doing internship as well for two months. Then I learned, I learned about um, uh, a salsa and wow. how dancing there because everyone socialized. Yeah. That's just how they socialize. They dance when they socialize. Right. So right. I thought, oh, I want to learn that. And uh, I, I, I was so into that. I was really enjoying dancing. I, I found my passion on dancing when I was in, in Colombia for two months. Hello there. Welcome to the Cosindy Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Conference of Australian and Indonesian Youth. This podcast covers all online events conducted by Cosindy, not only limited to alumni talk. We'll be bringing you a range of unique stories from our outstanding alumni with me, your host, Salus Hello everybody, all the listeners and the viewers. How's everybody doing? I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I know it's such a craziest time in our history where, you know, we couldn't go out as usual to you know, socialize and meeting our friends, hanging out. So I know it's been struggle for everyone to maintain our both physical and mental health. But I know some of you might be surprising in a good way because this is something new that we have been, haven't done before in our YouTube channel and also in our course in the podcast so just for your information for your records um, we're gonna have a an alumni talk where we featuring our course in the alumni to you know grab some stories from their experiences um, so this is gonna be the very first kickoff of our alumni talk so in the next 30 up to 45 minutes we'll be discussing about an interesting topic which is about traveling and mental health in the middle of this pandemic um, we'll be talking about this with our aspiring Cosindi alumni. Her name is Olivia Purba. We'll be exploring mainly about the topic, but we can also learn from Olivia's stories. So Olivia Purba is one of Cosindi alumni who is a professionally a development consultant. Interestingly, she's also a traveler herself hmm. and an author of four non-fiction books, such an interesting, not an academic book. She's pretty much, if I can say, um, a content creator where actively channeling her ideas and thoughts through writings in her blogs. We're gonna discuss with um, her in details and also videos on her YouTube channels and podcasts. So yes, as I said, in the next 30, up to 45 minutes, Stay tuned, hang in there, because we will be exploring these things in detail later. But first of all, let's just welcome our alumni guest speaker for our first alumni talk, Olivia Purba. Hey, Olivia, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Salus. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. I'm so excited to be the first guest of this podcast, and I'm excited to share all my stories here. Thanks, yeah. everyone. <laughs> how, how, how is it going? Where are you now, like in, in this lockdown? Are you in Indonesia? No, I'm not in Indonesia at the moment. I'm in Utrecht, in Netherlands at the moment because I am about to get married. So <laughs> I right. have a, yeah, exception to go here right now because um yeah, family, a personal reason. Very personal awesome. reason. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, listeners and viewers, guys, so we will ask Olivia 
pretty much everything with regards to the topics. So just let me kick it off by asking about Professor Olivia's professional life and interests in environmental. So would you please tell me and ask here about yourself? Like, where are you from originally and where did you grow up? Maybe listeners also, if you want to know, and where are you working at the moment? Sure, sure. Um, so I was born and raised in a small town in North Sumatra. It's called Berasagi. And um, I was there until I, uh, and I moved up to Medan when I was 14 for my high school. And then I uh, continued my study in Jakarta in, at University of Indonesia, uh, majoring international relations. And um, yeah, so after working for the government on climate change for a few years, then I get my master's degree in Australia uh, under Australian awards, Australian Government Scholarship for three years because I get a, ma- a double master, so it's quite long. Um, and then now, after graduating from the graduate school in Australia, I moved to Bali to continue my career as an environmental consultant first at NGO, a Belgian NGO in Denpasar. And now I'm working for a um, tech startup, um, social impact tech startup called Plastic Bank. Um, it's based in Changgu, it's so hipster. So, wow. um, so I've been working there for uh, over one year um, now as a community program manager. Wow, interesting. Like you moving around the world, like Australia, and then you coming from like North Sumatra, and then you go for Australia yeah. for study, and now you're based back in Indonesia and Bali. So currently, you're working as a marketing and community program manager as a public uh, plastic bank. Do you, do you mind mm-hmm. to tell us what got you initially uh, interested in environmental issues? Like maybe that's related to your topic for your study. Uh, yeah. Whatever yeah. It is. Yeah, so like the background is because I was born in a very touristic area in North Sumatra. But then I see the, I saw growing up the um, unsustainable constructions there. So there's a lot of like hotels and um, amusement parks, but they didn't really look at the sustainable aspect of it. So they just like develop it anywhere. So uh, over time, we saw a lot of um, destructions over the land there. So like landslides and then um, it's just uh, pretty messy. So I thought it's very interesting if the government uh, put more, um, you know, look at more on the policy on the environment and also if the private sector also consider about the environment because it impacts a lot of aspects on the local people. Um, they rely a lot on, as, as, uh, as, aside from the tourism, they also rely on agriculture. So if the land got um, messed up, so then they it reduced their, their income pretty much. So that's right. that's how I developed interest on environmental issues. And those the reason when I was in university on my bachelor degree, international relations, I took a major on um, uh, pretty much like environmental issues because, you know, international relations very broad but then you can choose which one which uh, um, issues that you want to focus on on and then the re- then, then I just chose environmental issues or in that term in that case was transnational society on my major but like but towards the like um, grassroots level uh, activisms or uh, environmental issues and transboundary issues and then I just continue on um, after uh, my career as well as my master degree yeah sounds exciting and with regards to your workplace at the moment it's a tech startup company who are who is like focusing on global plastic recycle do you want to tell us more in details about that like what is the missions of this uh, uh tech startup and also how did it 
get started? Like how 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 you get started with this company? Yeah, it's very interesting story because mm. um, I never really wanted to work in the private sector. To be honest, uh, I was just like right. kind of a nice person. So I thought if I'm gonna work, <laughs> I want to work in an NGO or the government because I want to have a meaningful a life and a meaningful job. I wanna make sure mm. that my energy and my time will benefit to other people, not only myself as well. So, so then um, yeah, after graduating, I worked for. Uh, the government for NGOs for you know like social impact activism organizations but then yeah. when I was uh, stuck in Argentina uh, during pandemic right. last year I was approached by a, a recruiter on LinkedIn asking if I'm interested in this job opportunity so right. I thought I thought it was uh, that's very lucky of me because everyone's losing job well um exactly yeah. yeah for this uh, job and I was searching for what kind of organization, what kind of um, uh, thing is this? I know a startup is very happening these days, um, but I wasn't really like into that until I was approached by this uh, recruiter. So then I searched, especially like a social enterprise based in Canada, in Vancouver, but they have a mission to stop plastic goes to ocean. Um, and right. they're operating in many countries, um, especially in developing countries that has seashore area. So in Brazil, in Haiti, Philippines, um, Egypt, and Indonesia, and we're gonna expand as well. And my job is pretty much to um, enhance the livelihood of the, the 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 lowest bottom of the societies, so the plastic collectors, scavengers, we call it. Um, so uh, I'm just doing like how we give bonuses to these people with a gamification mode model. So we give uh, bonuses, but then they are interested to collect more plastic and then the plastic we recycle. First, we, we smash it into pieces and then we sell it to like big um, buyers, usually big companies in um, Western uh, because they can afford it, the customers can afford it there. So uh, for instance, for Gillette, um, Coca-Cola, SC Johnson, um, SC Johnson is a big company in Canada and US. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I, I can't have it in the top of my mind, but it's pretty much right. big, big companies abroad. And then uh, they recycle and um, it's usually um, become like um, household a um, product like household like um windex for instance right. or yeah so so yeah that's my job is uh not in the supply chains but more into like i'm making sure that the the, the collectors get benefits get the best out of it yeah it sounds exciting to me because you can still working from out part of the world while contributing to you know your company and also like the wider um, problems of environmental and um, let's moving on to because I'm I'm pretty sure like the listener is going to be very very like waiting for the stories of yours in mm -hmm. terms of like traveling so yeah. for just uh, information for all of you guys who are tuning in um, Olivia has also a great passion to traveling so she has documented her traveling experience guess how many countries 50 three countries across six continents uh, around the globe and he like she documented everything in um, her travel blog called www.travelingajadulu.com and also she wrote a book about you know the same theme um we just wondering like what drew you to traveling what is your first experience to traveling do you mind to share with us 
Sure. So it also comes down to my experience growing up. So um, my my hometown Brestagi is a, a tourist town. So growing up, I saw a lot of um, uh, foreigners come to visit, and it just makes me curious because my mom um, uh, let me go for a English course where they just push us to talk to the foreigners, like yeah, nice. eight or ten. So like. I had that experience early on to like talk to like people who are really different from from me from from us in, in that yeah. town. So then I was it just bring me curiosity like oh these people came all the way from the other part of the world they have different skin different eye color I'm just so curious and I thought well if they can travel all the way to my hometown I also want to travel to see what where they are from and how they live the lives there and see like the scenery is what is what they do to and it to, started uh, very young here. age like eight, yeah, of, yeah. eight years of age wow yeah so <laughs> yeah. that's also that's that's the reason also that drew me to took uh, to took international relations as my major in university mm-hmm. because i thought well if i take any first uh, um like international relations, i can be a diplomat or whatever then i can travel around the world and bringing up issues and uh, contributing to indonesia representing indonesia although it didn't come true because then I thought I might not be very fit uh, working with the government I really right. like. uh, but then um, but then I, 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 it continues still like I still you know can travel um, representing my university my country to so many uh, events all around the world including Coast India last time in uh, Darwin um, so so yeah it still comes true you can still like travel your presenting country and make yourself and your country proud um by uh, ma- any means many means yeah many channel yeah, yeah. so yeah um mm. so for me it sounded like um the background of your um, hometown which is meant like it's also a touristy place makes you realize that there is an opportunity for you to when whenever you have a chance to travel the world do you do you mind to share us what's your first experience uh, of traveling like where did you go like where did you go for the very first time when you decided to travel like uh, are you going to um, you know are you a fan of like solo traveling or like with the groups yeah so yeah I do I do really like solo traveling so uh, first time I went travel, it wasn't solo though. It was like um, like the whole uh, whole um, batches of uh, the university in international mm. relations major right. went to Singapore for a conference. Like yeah. twenty five of us out of forty. So it was like a, it was it's fun because of the group. But then um, like and then I realized oh uh, Malaysia is pretty close actually to Singapore. Like hey guys let's just go to Malaysia and like. Um, you know, like go by a bus or by car, and then yeah, we actually did adventure there. Like, uh, I successfully pursued my friends to like uh, travel and go to the KL Sand uh, Tower um, from Singapore from there. And one month after, I got accepted to uh, study in Australia uh, through scholarship, oh, wow. uh, one, one semester uh, scholarship in, in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Swinburne University uh, through a scholarship. This, this scholarship doesn't exist anymore. It's called Peace Scholarship Program. But I was very grateful for that opportunity because then I that was my very first 
um, experience when I was 19 or 20 to live in other countries and experience the whole full package of like moving to other countries and um, the 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 you know, ups and down and culture shock and everything. And I got the chance the chance to travel a lot in Australia too during that six months because I thought I wouldn't I wouldn't be back. But then I went because of my master's degree. So and that's the reason why I had a. Um, thought uh, that I want to continue my master's degree in Australia because I experienced that piece of experience, uh, the, yeah, the study, uh, half semester, one semester in, um, in Melbourne that I, after that thing, after the trip, I thought I want to go back to Australia, study exactly in Australian National University uh, uh, from this course, Australia Awards, and I just made it happen, yeah. Wow. So from your um, explanation just now, it seems to me that you grab the chance to travel by, you know, like the angle of uh, scholarship and conferences. And it's also shown in YouTube. Like I have a chance to like, you know, observing and also watching some of your videos. And I love that the angle that you tackle about, you know, you find the chance of traveling by opportunities, for example, like uh, scholarship, seminars, competitions, and volunteering. And also in your YouTube channel, you um, like try to digging and explain more about, um, you know, the process of how to get a visa um, and also how to apply for overseas experiences through scholarship. Um, do you mind to share for the listeners and the viewers, do people often find these processes in applying for visa overwhelming and over overly like complicated what do you think yeah yeah absolutely um so i um it's, it's not really an easy process because you know like wow. as an indonesian passport holder we there is a lot of a barriers for us to travel um it's just different from you know like a strongest passport like u.s passport australia passport etc because as you might experience already we need a piles of documents just to apply for visa on top of the the, the cost that uh, we need to to, to, to pay to get a visa and it wasn't it's not even like guaranteed that we can get a visa right so um so that document itself to collect it takes a lot of time because it's just the whole identity and then you need to prove that you have money and um, uh, you need to have you have a job you have you are studying and what you can do after the trip are you going to go back to Indonesia they just need to prove that you will go back to Indonesia and not using that to visa tourist opportunity to like work maybe um, yeah in so, case I need it I just need to just print it out but um, I, I learned from my experience and I want to um, share to other people how to do it um, um, in a more constructive way more structured way um so it helps other people as well and also that's the reason why i wrote my book the book the traveling Ajudini. yeah because i i heard a lot from um uh, there's a lot of not only my friends but also strangers asking me like hey how do you travel isn't it expensive to travel um how do you afford it like um uh, um why you travel solo a lot um all these questions especially it's from young women so mm. i thought um if i can just write my experience how fun it is how it is not super complicated how i can get a chance to travel with you know scholarship internship volunteers and all the opportunities out there uh, maybe it also help and encourage other young 
woman, uh, Indonesian woman out there that there is this way and you have to be brave, you have to be confident and um, and then you get inspired by the, the experience that I share that is fun and, and enrich me pretty much with the, the networks that I have, with the experience that I have, with the uh, more, it broadens my mind and my um, my view as well about the world. So a lot of a lot of positive things that I, I got from traveling and um, doing uh, those things that I did. Yeah. yeah, that sounds amazing. So, if you can just also share with us, um, are there any um, unforgettable unfor- experience um, from those experience, like traveling to the like around the world as a women, like women Indonesian? And do you have like any distinctive uh, memories that you can share with us now? Um. So. This is very crazy, but every place, of course, will leave um, a memory that you won't forget. So every places that I visit, especially places that I stay for a longer time, uh, it will it will um, add values and enrich me in a way. So for instance, when I when I uh, did internship in Nepal for three months. I was lost in between the border of Nepal and India because I was by myself right. and I went to the forest to interview the forest people by myself and oh, I didn't wow. speak Nepali. <laughs> I didn't speak Nepali. Um, yeah. And then the bus was just like it's rustic and um, they don't really speak English in a very rural area there. And I almost, I, I kind of look like Indian Nepali, so they didn't really like. It. <laughs> didn't like really physically. Like it. <laughs> yeah, physically. <laughs> so they didn't really like um, like suspicious or whatever. Yeah. So. Like and just I just just jump on the bus before they cross the border to like India. You know what um, they might wondering like these girls looks like <laughs> us, but why is he speaking in English? <laughs> but I didn't speak. I didn't say oh, anything. Okay. If if I start speaking, they will be like, mm, look at me. <laughs> so so yeah, I just jumped uh, out of the bus. Um, and then um, yeah, it was it was a really uh, cool experience because my my phone was uh was not working at it. So I was always really lost. Yeah. Oh, so, but then wow. I, I survived. I managed. I managed yeah. to uh, interview the, the the people there. And yeah. when I was in um, Colombia, I was there doing internship as well for three months. Then I learned I learned about um, uh, salsa and wow. about <laughs> dancing there because everyone socialized. Yeah. That's just how they socialize. They dance when they socialize. Right. So right. I thought oh, I want to learn that, and uh, I, I I was so into that. I was really enjoying dancing. I I found my passion on dancing when I was in in Colombia for three months. Um, what else? Yeah, um, yeah. It's just like every place is just leave a, a memory, the things that you grab and you like put it inside yourself, um, and that that it stays with you. Right. So yeah, listeners and viewers, if you are really curious about the stories that Olivia just shared, go and have a check for the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe for sure. Um, <laughs> let's move. <laughs> let's moving on to um, you know traveling during the pandemic because maybe people sure. wondering, do you still do traveling during a pandemic? What is your experience yeah. traveling during a pandemic? Because I heard that you were stuck in. You mentioned that earlier on, like you stuck in Argentina during a lockdown. I know um, it's gonna be like really unique experience do you want to tell us the story how did you cope up with and what is it like yeah yeah so um in 2019 uh 20 uh, december uh i i was planning to travel the world for one year i'm studying in bali and uh, little we did know little did we know that something big would happen which is the pandemic i know um, yeah <laughs> so i, I so you didn't expect at all right like you didn't no, have idea. yeah 
Yeah, there was a news back then, but it was only um, in China that it happened in um, mm-hmm. yeah in that that specific area. So it so I didn't really expect um, that it will happen. It will be so big like now, like spreading yeah. all around the world and then making mutations, blah blah. So uh, we I, I travel. I started <laughs> I started in uh, Bali and um, uh, and then I went to Europe by myself to Greece, to Poland, to Ireland. Um, and then uh, I went to Netherlands because my, par- my partner is from Netherlands. Yeah. And then I went to uh, we uh, we moved to Malta and to um, Morocco. We stayed in uh, Morocco for a few months. And then we moved to Brazil um, when it, it didn't have February. We were in Brazil. The, the protocol yeah. was so happening. So many people out. It was very fun. And um, by early March, uh, uh, we went to um, Argentina. Yeah. But the thing is, is this March one, last year or this last year? Last year, exactly. Last, last year. year. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then one week after we were in Argentina, uh, there was a first case of a corona, and the president Fernandez, he was quite um, uh, strict, and he was uh, he was making policy that all the international flight. Shut down immediately. Oh, so no. yeah, <laughs> so there is there is no um, uh, way for us to get out of the country. And then they have like really one of the strictest rules in the world. So you can't go out of your apartment more than 500 meters. If you're gonna go out out uh, more than one kilometers, you have to like have a, a paper. It is all in Spanish. Right. Moreover, so can you speak uh, Spanish? Like, do you understand? No, no, that? Like, <laughs> just just a little bit. Okay. And then yeah, and then police roam around. They kind of they're yeah. a bit dictatorship too. The the government there. Uh, so the police roam around the the the, the army. So they will ask you questions if you go out. So in the only place you can go out, and the only place that opened was only grocery, grocery yeah. and a pharmacy. So it was like uh, quite intense for me. Yeah, uh, five months get stuck there. <laughs> in the and then you're still working for your company. Right, like during the lockdown. No, that was the oh, no. moment. Uh, yeah. Oh. That I was just focusing on my blog, but then I. That's right. why I said to. I got a chance. Uh, I was uh, approached by the recruiter. Oh, while yeah. I was in Argentina. If I want to work for them, then um, I I was uh, very grateful for that. That I get opportunity while I was in the lockdown. Um. Yeah. So then uh, I got a chance to. So finally, um, uh, we were offered to um, a repatriation repatriation. Uh, flight uh, yeah. from the from the embassy to to the Netherlands, and I was allowed to go to Netherlands finally in June July because I have a long term partner in Netherlands. Even though I'm not married, but they're very you know progressive on that. As long as you get yeah. proof that you have a long term partner, um, it's fine. So mm. then I went to uh, I went to the Netherlands for one month. Um, and the situation in Netherlands after Argentina was like totally different world because when I went oh. to Netherlands, they didn't yeah. wear masks at all. They were it was summer, people are around, oh. like go out. It was it was like uh, the 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 pandemic wasn't even exist. Like <laughs> I was so shocked. I was so shocked yeah. because I was in a solitary confi- confinement there in uh, <laughs> in uh, in um, Argentina. Yeah. So in Netherlands, I was like, oh my god, people are out drinking ice cream, summer wow, it's like. Really, we're, uh, I was so, I was so happy in the one month in Netherlands last year, yeah. and um, and then I had to go back to Indonesia to Bali because um, of my job because my job I also need to like look at the the, the plastic collectors and see directly so I can uh, formulate better um, you know a, a strategy for the plastic collectors 
and yeah. it, the the fun thing is that I live in Bali, so all the the hotels and um, uh, restaurants are struggling with no tourists. So they yeah. put the price really low, including like all the four, four or five stars uh, hotels. So like for me, I was I'm just gonna you know like while it's still there, I'm just gonna um, go to like fancy uh, hotels and restaurants and enjoy <laughs> like staycation, you know. Yeah. So it's a, it's also opportunity for me to enjoy because in normal uh, price, I wouldn't even want to spend my money there. Yeah, I think I read one of your story in your blog about you know staycation in Bali during the pandemic. But we're gonna go back to that in later. Sure. Yeah, but let's yeah. just go back to the period of you stuck in um, lockdown in Argentina. How did you cope with that? Like before, you mentioned that March mm. uh, to um, yeah several months, then finally uh, do the flight and did the flight to uh, Netherlands. How did yeah. you cope with the tension and everything's happening? Because you are international visitors and you're not in your home country. How did you feel about it? Yeah. The thing is, I travel a lot. I so I'm so used to um, being in my outside of my comfort zone. So it wasn't really. People were so worried. Like, oh, how do you? You know, are you okay? Do you need something? Like, they're so worried. But I was, I was just fine, pretty much. Um, and um, uh, but then I realized that a lot of people. I, I saw an article. I saw on a um, Instagram post that a lot of people have mental breakdown because they lose their job. They cannot go out, or yeah. they're very. Uh, they're in lockdown, strict lockdown. So then I I share about my um, my uh, about the book that I wrote uh, daily routines to be a happy person because yeah. I experienced before um, when I was living in Australia during my master's degree I had uh, a mild depression um, because oh, really? I was yeah. yeah yeah I had a mild depression and I was so thankful when I was in Australia because they provide for students a counselor which was for free as well so you can talk to them and. Um, you know discuss with them what's the problem for me back then it was because of personal problem i've had a you know like breakup with my ex-boyfriend and then i had the seasonal effective uh what was that um so like a winter blues so i i, I don't really like the winter it makes me depressed too uh it uh, um, somehow changed my mood and um yeah <laughs> and then the the pressure from university i had a lot of so it was just a comp- compilation of a, a a a lot of things so i went there um and then I asked if I can get like shortcut like uh, medications or so because I don't want to be in that situation especially because I was about to get an exam so I need to you know like to be to be able to be focused and stuff and uh, back then I wasn't even like have a desire to get up from the bed and I start thinking about oh what is the purpose of my life you know like the sign of depression <laughs> and um, yeah. So then they said, well, you can't really do that. Maybe it's it's still a, a, a symptom of a mild depression. So you can, you know, like start alternative, like um, look at other other alternative that can uh, make you bounce back from your uh, feeling from the, the situation. So I started like doing research on how what can I do, and there are a lot of. Uh, tips and alternatives that you can do that to, to support the mood like so dopamine oxytocin endorphin serotonin those happy moods uh, that can produce that your brain can produce so i start doing all, all the things that i just like i just like i need to do something so i start doing the things that they they suggested which is like routine uh, sports and meditations yoga journaling reading particular books uh, watching particular movies that 
uh, you know, support the the the, the men, uh, support your uh, produce the hormones, um, listening to a particular wave of music, um, and then start like reaching out to people, etc. So I I actually do everything and I do it uh, routine in in routine because um, it won't affect you if you just do like yoga once. It won't you know like make you all of a sudden become happy because you have yeah. to build that routinity so that that the body uh, produce that hormones so i realized that i can share this to people around um, on the internet as well and um, so that's the reason why i start you know like doing the youtube channel although the book was published before the pandemic so in 2009 december yeah so it was a it was a good moment to share to people um how even with the the situations that happen which outside of control you still can you know help yourself to um to to, to have a stable um, um mood yeah mental yeah Mm. So talking about your books, you said that you published during this pandemic and uh, the book title itself is um, Daily Routines to be a Happy Person. And you just sort of like um, highlighting the reasons behind uh, because you once experienced that mental uh, problems as well while you were studying in Australia. So those like the motivations bring you to finally, yes, let's write this. Is that that what happened or do you have any motivation? Why do you want to document everything so people out there might see things, you know, like tips that they can do? And also what is uh, what is in the book and how can people get? the book if they want to buy some. Sure. (laughs) So um, when I went back to Indonesia in 2017 from Australia, uh, after I finished my uh, uh, study in Australia, so I I got into a bit of depression again because I like my mood. You know, like a a person, like life is like a wheel. You might have heard about Mm. it, right? You can be on top or down. Yeah, on the top (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Yeah, you can't be on top all the time. So so sometimes you fell down and yeah, when I went back to, to Indonesia, I, I felt down because it's like reverse culture shock. So I have to adapt in a new life. And I didn't really have a lot of friends in Bali um, at that time. But I wanted to, do, to to be in Bali, to move to Bali for a job. And um, and then I have to like adapt with a new new job. And I didn't have friends. And I broke up again yeah. with a boyfriend in Australia because I moved country. So right. I was a bit depressed. And then I want to I wanna go back to consular there. But I couldn't find it. It was hard mm. for me to get a access. It's not like in Australia, you can just like, you know, just jump up in the morning and then they, they will schedule you. Um, so I thought, and I was searching for information on so the internet is very, um, it's not really um, many um, inf- information in Indonesia. So I thought maybe people still think that this mental health is still taboo and they thought maybe it's, it's something that is not very common in Asia. Although I think everyone will experience that, uh, the, the uh, breakdown, the, um, you know, like there might be something hard that ha- happened in someone else's life and they feel yeah. sad and depressed. Yeah, they, yeah, they should be. It, 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 I mean, we're human. We're, we're experiencing that feeling, those feelings. So I thought maybe if I, I write my experience and share it to people, it will help other people so they don't feel lonely they will feel that other people experience that that too and they can relate so that's the reason why i was interested on writing that down especially also because i i I did my research as well uh, on how uh, i can bounce back from my feeling and i i actually do that like i uh walk my talk 
right? So, and then I, I collaborate with one of the uh, psychologues to write that down because I want to make sure that there is a scientific um, um, uh, reasons and scientific research behind that too. I don't want to be just like, you know, this <laughs> guru that talk without the uh, backup um, reasoning. So like, yeah. yeah, I collaborate with one of the, the psychologues and then we make it um, as in, uh, uh, it's designed for young people. So they are interested. So a lot of graphs, a lot of like illustrations, a lot of, uh, the, the, and then the writing is also very big, bold, and there is like um, summaries. So people are interested in, in, in reading it, especially young, young people. Um, yeah, so um, I'm pretty happy that the, the, the publisher also very supportive on that and they make it really um, just easy to read for young people. So yeah, it's yeah. public. You can, you can access it on, you can buy it on the, how do I say? <laughs> on the internet, on the website, it's the different right. But if you yep. can, yeah, um, you can check on my, where should I? <laughs> well, I have I a graphs it. on looking on the cover. The cover design yeah. is sort of like eye-catching. Like you try yeah. to, because you wanted to deliver a portrait and make yourself be happy. And mm. I really interested in the cover itself. Like I tried to Google it up um, and I saw the mm. cover. It's really interesting. And, and it, it matched with what you said that you try to boosting up youth to be engaged to what you've been through. And yeah, if you yeah. guys want to, um, all the listeners and um, viewers, if you keen on to um, know the details about the book that Olivia wrote about daily routines to be happy person, you can just jump in. And the publishers is a, a big one as well in Indonesia. So, so. it's uh, in Bifa Press, uh, press with double S, yep. uh, dash online.com and you can check the book there. So. Yeah. There we go, guys. Check it out and buy some and, you know, digging more about how to be happy and its daily routines. So back to one question that maybe listeners and also viewers keen on to know. Do you have any tips how to keep up routines or look after your mental health during the pandemic? Maybe like one or two. And how important is mental health at this time, uh, in, in your opinion? Well, yeah, uh, of course it's very important because especially these days that the uh, situation is very unpredictable with the new variant of COVID, um, the Delta variant and Indonesia also uh, at the moment PPKM Darurat. Um, yeah. So um, for me, what I will uh, um, suggest that is, is to, I think meditation helps me a lot on uh, making sure that I have a more like, stable, more presence, more you know like um uh, yeah in the constant working grounded yeah grounded exactly yeah meditation has also been proved to um you know help you to be calm to to understand the situations that are being like anxious about it um that one so I, when i when i wake up in the morning i always spend like five to ten minutes to meditate before i start everything because it helps me it, it, it it's just better it's, it's easier for me um with um like process of my my thought to process my thought so that one and then uh, the other one is before i go to sleep i usually journal so um so i i, I write down my feeling the situation so it helps me a lot on tracking of my feelings and understanding the situation if i read back how i feel i, I saw the progress i can see the progress if i trace down and uh, aside from that, it also helped me to actually write the book because then I see, oh yeah, I thought about this um, yeah. Uh, yeah, a few months ago. So, and then I can just link everything up 
So yeah, so those are the main things that I I I, I really religiously follow uh, the routine. Um, yoga, I do like to three times a week, um, and I always it's it's just helpful aside from keeping my mental health, but it helps like my postures and you know like keeping me healthy as well and. Um, yeah, um, yeah, those things a lot. I, I wrote like 14 uh, tips on my book, but those three I, I follow um, very constantly. Yeah. There you go, guys. There are like three main uh, mm-hmm. tips, but you can have like 14 other yeah. ones in, in the books itself. So go and grab yeah. some some of them in the books as well. Yeah. So we would I mean, love, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not rocket science. It's like if, uh, some people yeah. also uh, doing it. It's just like, um, being consistent on that, that's the most important thing. And I also like, emphasize the, the scientific reasons why it's important in the book. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So we would love to know as well, like when the pandemic is over, where is the first place you wanted to travel? <laughs> oh, mm, that's a hard question. So actually, I have a, a ticket to Georgia. I booked it before pandemic. Yeah, right. not the US, uh, Georgia country in the yeah. Middle Asia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had a, the ticket there because I get the miles, so I get a free ticket to Georgia. But then right. I couldn't use it now because of the pandemic. Um, oh. So it's still hanging there one year. Right. I have to remind them that I have that ticket and let me go when the pandemic is over. Yeah, that's yeah. like your first bucket list once this madness is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I like to go to countries where it's, which is not um, mainstream. So, yeah. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's going to be ideas of people who also love traveling. You can just go to a country that it's not mainstream as what you said um mm-hmm. before we ended this session and also listeners also wanted to know and i mentioned in the beginning that you also manage your podcast so mm-hmm. um i heard i grabbed some information that you are also a co-host for a podcast yeah. on sustainable business and it called uh, living in Bali podcast and I was able yeah. to listen some of the episodes and it's such an interesting angle that you and Sarah correct me if I'm wrong have been yeah, tackling exactly. where mm-hmm. Bali is more than just eat pray and love oh that's interesting do you want to share us more about the podcast <laughs> how did you yeah, start sure. it off yeah so uh, my good friend Sarah she's from Michigan US she just happened to manage a lot of podcasts from other people so I thought oh well you know what let's just do our podcast if you're managing other people's podcasts she said oh yeah let's do it and then uh, we are interested in the topic of sustainability in Bali sustainable business in Bali because we see a lot of stories that is not out there but it's they're very interesting it's just it's just way beyond more than um eat pray love so people who happen to come to bali but then they get attached and then they try to do their best to contribute and uh people in bali is is quite different from the rest of indonesia it's just like they're they're pretty much more conscious about uh about the business about sustainability so there's a lot of aspect that there of people who move to bali that we want to dig uh, deeper, um, their background, their um, their sustainable business, their the, the reasoning why they want to do their business, and usually it's just for the goods. So they want to contribute to the local community. They they see that there is a um, you know destroy, destroy on some aspect on Bali because of tourism, and they want to rebuild and stuff. So uh, we interview like sustainable business NGOs, writers, and a lot of people that um, 
that that you wouldn't be able to talk if I wouldn't be able to talk if I don't have the podcast. So like the podcast is just the means for me to actually like reach out to these interesting people and you know like just talk to them actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it seems like you're living on your life productively. Like you wrote things on your blogs, and also you sort of like moving on podcasts as well. Um, do you have any uh, message to people out there that also have the same patience as you? That um, you know you can maximize all of the possible things to share with. Um, what do you think? Um, the message. What. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really. I don't really want to like go, like yeah, yeah like tell people. I think I think people should live the way they 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 want. Like they just like uh, because different people is different. So for me, yeah. um, yeah. So just uh, give the best out of you. Um, and then if you see opportunity, of course, just grab it. And um, uh, yeah, just uh, live the way you feel like doing. I we'll take that. Like, <laughs> we'll <yeah>. take. <laughs> we'll take that. Yeah. Live as the way how you feel, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. Um. So if you like curious enough about the podcast itself, go and visit um the podcast uh called um. Bali, Bali yeah, living in Bali podcast, and also Olivia Purba. You can just uh, search on YouTube. There's some videos, and also the blog itself. So go and have a visit. And is there anything else that you would like to add before we finish the very first element talk for today? Do you have anything to no, add? No, I think. Uh, I don't think I want to add is I'm I'm actually really grateful for Cosindi and Alumni Talk as well because um, the, the the network that I have here is very pre- uh, very precious for me mm. too. There's a lot of inspiring people. I love, you know, like um, uh, what they said that uh, you are you just become the five closest people or like you just you know, careful of your friends because then they will kind of build your values and the way you think. And I, I love hanging out with alumni and I, I, I was I'm very grateful that I got a chance to be part of Kosini and Oscar alumni because I think you guys are very inspiring people and makes towards positivity yeah oh thank you i mean we are very happy to have you on our very first gig of alumni talk because you're such an inspiring and aspiring alumni of course in this as well so before we ending everything up we would like to very gratefully thank you for your time we know you're busy coming ahead so good luck for everything has been planned for the big day so all Yeah, all, all, all good for the plans. And thank you for the listeners and also viewers of our YouTube Kosindi channel who will be, you know, participating and listening to us as well. And stay tuned for our upcoming alumni talks um, on YouTube and podcast as well because, you know, there will be like so many um, interesting topics and alumni that going to be featured. And if you have any comments, this is like the line that I really love about being YouTuber. If you have any comments, um, Uh, feedbacks and questions please don't forget to put your comment down below (laughs) down below no yeah if you have any feedback for Cosindy team or our uh, team just don't hesitate to reach out us and we're very happy to have all of those feedback as well so that's all for today and stay safe everyone and bye for now cheers thank you thank you Olive bye bye thanks Olive bye